the date is September 9th, 2001 at exactly 8.03 a.m. It's a Wednesday and I'm so excited to be here with you all. I hope that the new month is treating you all well. Happy September. Summer is slowly leaving and fall is coming, um, but we thank God for a new month, a new season that's slowly approaching. Um, and I know a lot of people, you know, started um, going to work physically. And if you have kids, maybe going to kid to school. So I just pray that God blesses you all throughout this time, yourself as well as your family. Um, but yeah, I'm so happy to be here. I know it's been a while. Um, just been busy also. Any updates in my life? Not really, just, you know, working, still at home. So I thank God for that. Um, yeah, just busy, busy. But no excuses. I've been, you know, doing my quiet times, but just not really having a lot of time. Oh, yeah, something new. I, I've been incorporating a gym routine. So I think that's what's been keeping me from um, recording in the mornings. Because I wake up at 6, pray, then go to the gym and come back and start work. So going to the gym and having that new routine has been, you know, preventing me a little bit from having this time with you all. But nevertheless, I'm very happy to be here, happy to be sharing today's message with you guys. So let's get started. Before we start, I'm going to remember to pray this time. <laughs> so let us open up in prayers. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much for an amazing start of the, the day. We thank you for this new month, God, for this new season, for everything new that you do in our lives. I thank you that despite the darkness that we sometimes face, God, it doesn't last forever. Each day brings a new day. Each day brings a new blessing. So God, we thank you for your continuous grace, your wisdom, your love, your patience, your kindness that you show to us each and every day. I pray that you bless this time that we're all gathered here, God. Bless this reading, bless the words, bless me as I speak to your children, God. Let it not be my own words, but yours, Father God. Holy Spirit, consume me and speak through me and let your wisdom be the wisdom that's poured out into everyone that's listening to this message today. And I pray that whatever I have to share, God, that may it bear fruit into the world, bear fruit into those that are listening, and cause um, a desire for them to want to accomplish everything that you're calling us to do, Lord. Bless us with purpose, with mission, and give us that drive to serve you and to be in your presence each and every day. I thank you, God. We thank you. We love you. We pray this in your most holy name. Amen. So let's get started. Okay, so today I'm going to do like a Bible study, but like, um, God character study as well. And so before we start, I just want to tell you all the readings. I'm not going to read exactly the whole thing. So I would like for you all to look for it and read it on your own time or pause this audio and please read it so you can understand um, the background of um, the Bible study. So this is going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verses 6 to 15. So again, that is 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 to 15. And so in between that, I'm going to read other scriptures, but you know, I'll say them as I go. But anyways, like I said, so this is going to be a Bible study and also a study of God's character. Today, one of God's character, which is so important that he has the biggest character I think of him, is not his love, but it's his giving. That's what we're going to be studying today, the God's character of giving. God is a God who gives. He's a giver. He loves to give good things to his children. And so let's go to Matthew chapter 20, verses 20. 
And so it reads, just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. This is in Matthew chapter 20, verses 28. I said 28, I meant 28. So Matthew chapter 20, verses 28. Again, it reads, Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. So here's a perfect example of Jesus' character from the start. He didn't come to earth to have people serve and worship him like a king and a messiah, but he came here to give his life. God sent Jesus, his only begotten son on earth, to die for us, to give his life so that we can have eternal life, so that our sins can be forgiven. So from that first moment, it shows you what type of God we serve. We serve a giver. He's just not a giver who gives out of his abundance. He gives out of his scarcity. He didn't have 12 sons lined up that Jesus was going to be just, you know, one less of the 12 sons. He had only one son, his son that he loved so much. His only son. He gave that son to us. So he gives out of his scarcity. And so that should tell you how much he loves us to give something so precious to him for us, sinners, human beings. And that is a really important character I want you all to focus on today because if Jesus wasn't a God, if he wasn't a giver, we would still be sinning. We would still be paying sacrifices for our sins. You know, and that makes me think all the things that he gives us is because he loves giving. He's a triple giver. He gives out of his abundance and also out of his scarcity. And so this is an example that I want us to follow because it shows you the nature of the type of God that we serve. And so I'm going to read another scripture from Deuteronomy chapter 15, verses 10. Deuteronomy 15, verses 10. It says, give generously to them. And so do so without a grudging heart. Then because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work. And so I'm going to read it again. Give generously to them and do so without a grudging heart. Then because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all of your work. God will bless us in all of our work when we are a cheerful giver. He calls us to live by his examples and to follow all that he has done. When we give generously, we also receive generously. And so I I didn't read the whole thing, but it says, when you give generously to them and do so without a grudging heart, then because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all of your work and in everything you put your hand to. He's just not going to stop at your work, but everything that you touch will also be blessed only because we gave generously. So that should tell you how important it is to have a generous giving heart. When you have a generous heart, God sees that as a quality that he possesses. And because of that, he can trust you because think about it, right? You can't give 
millions of dollars to someone that's greedy and expect them to bless the world, it's not going to happen because you're going to say, well, this money is for me. I don't need to bless the world. I don't need to give to the poor. But when God sees someone that like you give money to and you constantly want to give and help other people, don't you think he's going to be more inclined and willing to give that person money? Because why? They can be trusted with the many and the little, and they're going to use what they have, their possessions, in order to bless others. And so as we kind of go into the readings, that's really the theme that's going to be um, really here, right? Us being cheerful as a giver, it blesses others. And God likes that he's pleased when we're able to use, use the gifts that he's given us in order to enrich and enhance the lives of others. And so, like I said, I'm not going to read the whole thing. So please read 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verses 6 to 15 on your own before we get started, just so you can understand the plot and the um, the background of what I'm going to be talking about. That being said, of course, I'm going to read the um, scriptures that I'm going to focus on just so we can have, um, you know, a content to build on. But yeah, so anyways, the title is called Generosity Encouraged. Generosity Encouraged. God encourages us to be generous. He's not saying, hey, it'll be a good idea if you are generous. No, he's saying, hey, this is something I really encourage you all to do. This is who I am. I gave you my only son. So I'm encouraging you guys to be generous. It's highly recommended, right? Let's Google the word encouraged just so we get a better understanding of what that word means in the content of how God is using so encourage means to inspire with courage, spirit, or confidence, to stimulate by assistance, approval, to promote, advance, or foster. So he's promoting this. He's saying, hey, this is not just something I'm saying lightly. I'm promoting you all to be generous. I want to inspire you all to be generous by following my examples. So it's important that we look to God because, again, we're Christians, right? And what does a Christian mean? It means a child of God, a child of Christ. We want to be like him. We want to be in his image. And how do you become like somebody? You follow what that person does. You pay attention to them. You know, you think about it when you had idols growing up, like maybe, I don't know, you like Beyonce or something. You would sing her songs. You want to dress like her, dance like her, <laughs> you know. Um, our idols inspire us to be like them. And so hopefully you don't have any idols now as you get into Christianity and you realize that having idols is not what God likes. <laughs> but it's good to admire people, of course. That is fine. But just don't idolize them. The only person we should idolize is Christ. And because of that, it's important that we strive to be like him and follow his characteristics and qualities that he does have. And so one of those things that we're talking about today is his generous heart and his will and ability to give wholeheartedly and selflessly. All right, so let's go on to verse 6 and 7. I'm going to read those two parts. It says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion for God, but for God loves a cheerful giver. And so what does that mean, guys? It means that when we give generously, we will also receive generously from God. So when we're sowing, guess what? Your harvest is going to be harder. I mean, it's going to be more, um, more. It's going to be more. 
you know, think about actual harvesting and like being a farmer. I'm not a farmer. Um, I don't know if any of you all are, but if you planted before, I used to, you know, garden and plant with my mom. So that I enjoyed. And when you garden, right, like, for example, we, we would grow peppers and like um, herbs, basil and all those other things. And so depending on the quantity of seeds that we planted, that was what we were expecting to receive in our harvest. And so you can't plant two seeds and expect a harvest full of vegetables and plants. It's not going to happen. Why? Because we only sowed two seeds. So we're only going to reap two seeds. But when you plant and harvest and sow thousands of seeds, you can know that your reaping is going to be many. And so it's important that the same goes with giving, right? When you give to someone close-handedly, don't expect for God to open up your hands and put more in there when your hands are closed. I hope that makes sense, right? Don't give a dollar to somebody and expect God to bless with $50 because you gave $1. No, you have to give more for God to give you more. He loves a cheerful giver. And the more you give, the more God says, wow, my good and faithful servant. Think about that, that, um, you know, parable of the talents. Those who multiplied the master's gold, if you haven't read it, please do. It's in Matthew. Um, I don't remember the verse, but if you Google it, the um, story about the talents in Matthew, you'll find it. But just to summarize it, right? A master went away on business or something like that, and he had three different servants. He gave to each of them a pile of gold. One he gave of 10, one he gave five, and one he gave only one. And all those people, the two that had 10 and five, they decided to go ahead and multiply it. And when the master came, they were able to give him double of what he had given them originally. The guy who only had one, he was very selfish. And he said, oh, okay, well, I'm going to bury this and not do anything with it. So when his master came, he only gave him one. And of, of course, his master was disappointed. He said, how is it that this other two were able to multiply, but yet you've only given me one? And so the master took that, that one and he gave it to the one that had 10. And so at first they used to... This is dash. I don't want to get into it too much because I used to have, you know, questions about like why did God do that? But it's until now that I realize that those who are able to do more with what what God has given to them, God is gonna bless them with more. And because that guy was able to multiply it, God was able to add on to what he had already done. And so how it says, to whom much is given, much is required. If God gives you more, he requires you to do more with it. He can't give you a million dollars if you're not willing to give to others. He's just not going to do it. And so for those of you looking to be wealthy and to be rich, think about before you want that high aspiration. Are you a cheerful giver? Are you someone that's selfish? Are you generous? Because if you're not, it's going to be hard for you to have wealth and have all these great possessions because God knows he can't trust you with it. So it's important that we check our hearts where is our heart at? Are we givers or are we stingy? Are we greedy? You know, and based on that, that would tell you the type of um, possessions that you can possess based on how God sees your heart, whether it's cheerful or whether it's sad. <laughs> okay, so let's move on. And so now I'm going to go all the way down to verses 10 and 11. It reads, now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. 
You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. I love this because at first in number 10, right? It tells you that God is the one who supplies. He is the supplier. So what does that mean? God is the giver. He first gives us all we need and all we got to do is sow it. And you know what that even tells me? And what that tells me is that like what we give is not ours to begin with. It's not ours. We give because God first gave us. It doesn't belong to us. He supplies us all that we have. And so it's important that we give because it's not us, ours at the end of the day, right? It's not ours. Yes, of course, he gives it to us, but it's up to us to decide how we're going to use what God gave us to continue to increase the harvest. Whether, again, we're going to be selfish or we're going to use it and bless others. We have a choice. We decide. That's why we're humans. We have free will. Right? But always realize that what you have is not yours. The money in your bank account is not yours. It's God's. Your family, it's not yours. It's God. Your children, your job, all of that comes from God. So wouldn't you give back to the one that gave? You know, it's important that we have that mindset. This is not mine. And because it's not mine, I have nothing but to give generously and freely to you. We choose to be generous or we choose to be selfish. The choice is ours to make. And so going down to to 11, um, you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. Like I said, the more you give, the more God gives you because he knows you're going to be generous on every occasion, every opportunity that you have. You're going to use what he's enriched you with and bless others in need. Again, with the open and closed hand analogy. Think about someone that has a closed hand. It's hard to put... Close your hand right now. If you're, I'm doing it right now so you can get that visual image. If you try to put, I don't know, your phone on top of your hand, it's most likely going to fall because you can't hold it. If you try to put something on top of your closed hands, it's going to fall because your hands aren't open to receive. But when you have an, a hand that's open, you can constantly put things in the hand and guess what you can also take things out of the hand right people who close their hands you can't give nor can you take but when your hands are open you can take and you can give and so because of that God wants someone whose hands are always open so he can continuously pour in there and then that open hand can continuously pour back into others so it's important that we have our hands consistently open so God can keep placing more in our hands And it's important that we keep using what he's placed and giving it back to others. So moving on to verse 13, it says, Because of the service by which you have proved yourself, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. Because of the service by which you have provided yourself, others will praise God for the obedience for your obedience others will praise God because you've been generous because you've obeyed God's commandments of how to be a generous faithful steward and a servant and so others blessings depend on us they depend on our obedience 
if we aren't obedient and we don't do what God tells us to do, it's going to be hard for others to be blessed. Think about it, right? If Jesus wasn't obedient, if he didn't die on the cross, because guess what? He had a choice. He really did have a choice. Jesus did not want to die. He didn't want to die for us. He loved us, but he didn't want to die. He was human. And so he had a choice to say no, but he chose to be obedient. He chose to surrender and do what God's will was. And because of his obedience, he blessed many. He blessed many. Think about, again, Matthew um, 20 that I read. It says, just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to be served, to give his life as a ransom for not just one person, but for many. Many people were blessed because of one person's obedience the same applies for us who are we stopping whose blessings are we stopping because of our lack of obedience does our disobedience have a price to pay yes it does it does we might not see it right now we might not know who's paying that price but it has a price to pay it might be our family it might be our generation our ancestors you know it might be different generations that are affected by it our obedience has a price to pay. And so it's important that we start being obedient because people are depending on our obedience. The more that we're able to receive from God and we're able to bless other people, the more obedient we're being to God. And something cool happens also when we are obedient is that others start to see God's light in us. They start to see, hmm, Why is Marley's being so generous? Why is this person being so generous to me? And so when they realize you're being so generous, they start to wonder, where does that come from? Why? And because of that, they're more inclined to want to be as generous as you. And God's light can shine through you. We are a vessel for Christ. We're not here for our own um, enjoyment. No, we're here for God's purpose. And that is to bring believers to him. And in order to do that, we as believers have to start showing others the light of Christ through living his examples on earth. And so um, I'm going to close out. Let's read out. Um, We're going to go to now Hebrews. So we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 13, verses 16. And this is going to be the last passage before we close out. And it says, And do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices, God is pleased. I'll read it again. And do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices, God is pleased. So God calls us to live like he did. And how did God live? How did Jesus live? Through sacrificial giving. God gave his only begotten son, his only son. That was a sacrifice. Jesus gave his life, his life. That was a sacrifice. And so it's important that we, as Christians, live by God's examples. He's not calling us to die for everyone. No, he's not asking that of us. That's, that's a big debt that we can't even pay, right? We can't pay that because we're not holy. We're not righteous. We're sinners. So we can't pay that debt. But what he does call us to do is to give sacrificially. To follow this example and to give generously from an unselfish, selfless heart. That's how we're called to give. And it is when we become selfless that we can really be used by God to bless us. 
Like I said, he loves a cheerful giver. And when he sees that this person is selfless, then he can trust to use us. He can trust that we're going to be obedient no matter what. No matter what. Because wealth is a great thing to have. But it's a bad thing to have when you're not selfless, when you can't give. I think of the, um, I forgot where I read, maybe Matthew, right? There was a rich ruler who, he came to Jesus. He said, well, Jesus, I've done everything. I've been faithful. I've kept all the laws. You know, I've been kind to my neighbors. I've done all this. And Jesus says, yes, you have. Then do one more thing for me. One thing you haven't done, give all your wealth and come and follow me. And the guy walked away. He was so sad because he has so much wealth and he couldn't give. He didn't have a generous heart. He didn't have a selfless heart because the possessions of his wealth had made him forget who gave it to him. And so we don't want to be like that, right? We want to be selfless. We want to be people that God can use. We want to be entrusted by God. And when we're entrusted by God, when we're obedient, God can really use us. Because he knows that our blessings are not just going to remain with us, but they're going to spread and be able to bless others. Many others will benefit from us. And that is the goal as Christians. To bring as many people as we can to the Father, to our Father, the one who gave us life. To bring people closer to him. And how do we do that? by allowing them to see the light of Christ within us. So let's close out in prayers. I hope you all enjoyed this and I hope that this can spur you to have a more generous heart and to, you know, be more selfless. And it's not just about money. It's about giving your time, giving your food, your clothes. You know, do you donate clothes? Do you give to the church? Are you tithing? It's so much more about, so much more than money. Are you spending time with your kids? Are you tired? Are you still waking up to give God your first of your, your day? Are you spending time with God? Are you giving him that time? What can you give to show God that you're truly selflessly obedient to him? If you don't have money to give, what about your time? Oh, you're always busy, right? We get it. Everyone's busy. But can you make time? That's when it starts to become a sacrifice. It's not just when you freely have it. It's when... You don't have much that you give. I want to read one more thing. It made me think about it. in Mark 12, verse 44, right? He says, they gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. And so that's a parable when God was talking about, you know, um, all the rich rulers were throwing money. They had thousands of dollars. They were just storing coins. And to them, that didn't matter. But this one poor lady only had one coin. And she gave her all she had to eat all of her life's earned money to God. That was a sacrifice. Sacrifice is not when you give $100 when you have a million dollars in your bank account. No, that's not a sacrifice. You don't fill that $100. Sacrifice is when you give all that you have, knowing that it's going to be felt. So how are we sacrificing for God? How are we sacrificing for our neighbors, our friends, our families? How are you doing that? Because God requires that from us. He requires us to do more and to be more. And so it's important that we start to find ways to start sacrificing. Start small and build up. But don't stay where you are. Grow and become better and become more. 
So let's pray. (laughs) Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this awesome message that you gave us today of being sacrificial, of being generous, God. It's hard sometimes as humans to want to give just as much as you give because, God, we're selfish sometimes. We love ourselves. We're mostly selfish creatures, you know? And it's hard to think like you to be selfless, God. But I know that when your spirit lives within us, it brings about change. It brings about transformation. So God, help us to be like you, God. Help us to give wholeheartedly, to be kind, to be generous, God. Let us know where you sent us to go so that we can be obedient to you. Because God, you told us in your readings today, the more that we give, the more that you give us too. So let our hands be open to constantly receive and to constantly give. To give to those in need. To give to those who we even think are doing good, God. Because we don't know why you tell us to give. I know it's so your light within us can shine to others. We can bring others closer to you. And to know who you are, God. So use us, God. Let us surrender to your will and to your calling. So that way we can be fully used and be obedient to you, God. We thank you so much. We love you. We praise you mostly name. Amen.